Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. What's up, everybody? The bowl games start this weekend. Players are hitting the transfer portal, and the playoffs in college football is about to change because the playoff committee had to put a Power 5 team in the playoff for the first time and making its first appearance. What's up, Trash Talker? Welcome back to the College Football Roundtable. Or, if you prefer, Ring Knocker Radio. I am Rob from Inside the Death Star, and I've got Daniel Ikebesa on from Coastal Connecticut. All right, let's talk Service Academy action in the postseason. Missouri at Army for the Armed Forces Bowl at Fort Worth, Texas. Air Force versus Louisville at the First Responder Bowl in University Park, Texas. So if you're a person that lives in Texas, you've got Service Academy football within driving distance. So you could probably go catch both of those games if you're feeling froggy. Uh, Navy is not bowl eligible. So unfortunately, the win against Army last weekend basically made their season, and we're going to put a pin on that one. All right, bowl <laughs> games. <laughs> bowl teams by, by conference. Uh, 84 teams made bowls, bowls this year, so that allows for some great matchups that you wouldn't normally see during the regular season. So you got the Sun Belt had four teams get in. Pac-12 with six. Big 12 with seven. American Conference with seven, with Cincinnati making the playoff. Uh, Conference USA had eight teams make it. The MAC had eight teams. Mountain West, eight teams. Big Ten had nine teams with Michigan in the playoff. ACC had 10 teams. And the SEC had 13 teams make it into the postseason. Georgia and Bama are in the playoff for the SEC. In the independents, you had Army, BYU, Notre Dame, and Liberty round out the eligible uh, bowl, or correction, bowl eligible teams. Bryce Young won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, I think his play in the high-profile game against Georgia was what cemented that for him. Uh, I I don't know. Dan, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I watched only a couple Alabama games, but the one game I did watch was the SEC Championship, and watching Bryce Young kind of run the football as a drop-back passer, I think, set the, the stage for him to win. Well, nobody else had moved the ball at any level against Georgia, and then out comes Bryce Young like Vince Young back in the day, and uh, – yeah, man, I was extremely impressed. Uh, I've heard a lot of different takes on the Heisman and that maybe a defensive player should have won it and blah, blah, blah. There's a quarterback bias, for better or worse. I mean, you play big in the biggest spots, that's the name of the game. I mean, I, as as a competitor, the, what separates good competitors from great competitors is not ability level. It is the ability to peak at the peak times. And uh, he hit his peak when it really mattered. And so that's why he won the Heisman. I got no issues with it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think uh, uh, other notable performances, and I didn't go down the whole laundry list of all the awards this season, but uh, the Bolitnikoff Award was Jordan Addison from Pitt, and that's a direct tie to Kenny Pickett being such a great QB for that team, and he was a Heisman finalist. And 
I'm going to pause for just a second. And unbelievable, the fake slide now has been banned in the NC2A because of Kenny Pickett's <laughs> little hip juke that he did. So that is now illegal. So that is the, you know, the running back or the quarterback is surrendering himself. And so they're going to stop it where he basically his feet plant or does the fake move. But uh, he scored a touchdown on that. When they asked him, like, hey, why'd you go with the fake slide? He's like, I was running. I saw these dudes coming at me. Then I saw a lot of open field, so I was like, oh, I'm not going to slide. I'm going to keep going, and he kept going. <laughs> it blows my mind that that little incident can incite a rule change in the NC2A, but we can't get a change to targeting, and that is a that is a discussion probably for the offseason or another time, but it's a toss-up on which targeting is actually targeting or whatever. But moving on, speaking of targeting or people that hit hard, the Nowerski award was Will Anderson, who's a starting middle linebacker for Bama. I think if they did expand the uh, Heisman Trophy to look better at defensive players, it would have been him over Aiden Hutchison. I'm sorry that, uh, you know, all the Michigan fans will probably disagree with me, but Will Anderson is the anchor of the Alabama team, I think, my opinion. And uh, like I said, from the games that I watched, this dude is very much a stud. Kenneth Walker, the third from Michigan State, uh, he won the Doak Walker Award for the best running back. The defender of the nation, and I'll toss these over to you since they're both Army players. But, uh, you know, if you want to cover the two awardees for the Army team, I will. Definitely yeah, I definitely will. Uh, Eric Smith was the top defensive player at a service academy. Well-deserved. Uh, been a captain on the team. Interesting to see if he winds up in the NFL because a, a bunch of middle linebackers from Army are playing in the NFL right now. And then Andre Carter, the second uh, outside linebacker, you know, edge rusher, named third team All-American as the number one sack go-getter in the nation, still even after a zero sack performance against both Liberty and uh, Navy. is So he's on, he's made third team. And of course, we already talked on the other show, but uh, Zach Harding, punter, uh, going to the uh, NFLPA Bowl. He might wind up in the pros. Army's got a chance to put two, three guys in the pros this year. That's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and I, and I think that's one of the things that, uh, as as programs, and I think it's all for all college programs that helps you with recruiting. So being able to you know drop a couple players in the NFL, like unless you're like the University of Miami or Ohio State, which are like one and two and they flip-flop one and two between who's got the most people in the pros every other year and so uh, by having you know those guys at least with the chance to get drafted helps uh, with recruiting particularly with uh, the service academy and you know who doesn't want to be an army guy right nobody played navy <laughs> as a kid all right so well, you know what hold, hold on let's let's stay on that for one second i i gotta say my my personal thought i know i'm not a football player i'm a swimmer um but I, my personal thought is that there are a lot of arm of uh, football player type guys who would like to join the army, but they don't want to close out the opportunity to go pro. And so this rule change is great for the delusional three-star athletes who are like, I have a 1% chance of going pro, but I refuse to set that aside. You know, it's, it's good that that kid can still, you know, wind up in the army as an officer rather than letting his delusion of playing in the NFL short tail, you know, curtail his entire professional future. Yeah, and I also think there's there's some merit to it. And we had a bunch of guys, you know, over the years kind of trickle into the NFL. You know, Venezuela was a great example, like yeah. served and then came back in. So you could still do it like, you know, depending upon how you serve is probably the difference between when you can come back and try out for the NFL. I think uh, at this point, it's it's really great. It's not like the 90s when they had like the Chan Hittings and the David Robinsons playing professional sports, but having the ability to kind of trickle one or two kids in because you got to think. 
it's a statistical impossibility for you to get drafted into the NFL. You might as well get struck by lightning because yeah, there's absolutely. 129, absolutely. you know, 129 FBS teams with 70 person rosters. So you've got 70 people on the team times 129 and they only take 700, right? So you're looking at an abundance of talent that doesn't get selected. All right, moving on to bowl games. So we start talking about bowl games on last week's show, and we'll talk about the ones that are kicking off on Saturday. So you got the Boca Raton Bowl, Western Kentucky versus App State. Again, Bailey Zappi. If you haven't watched that kid play, and I know he's probably one of your favorite guys to watch this season, he's good. He's legitimately good. Uh, one more opportunity for him to kind of showcase his talent before uh, we close out the season. You've got the Celebration Bowl as uh, South Carolina State and Jackson State. That's at 12 on s- Saturday. Got yeah. the New Mexico Bowl, Fresno State and UTEP. Independence Bowl is uh, UAB and BYU. You got Liberty and Eastern Michigan at the Lending Tree Bowl. Uh, the Louis- the LA Bowl is Oregon State versus Utah State. The New Orleans Bowl is Louisiana versus Marshall. They got some games on Monday. And it's funny because as you get closer to Christmas time, these kickoffs are, you know, in weird times and places. So you got to like print this thing out and stick it on your fridge or you're going to miss something. We're going uh, to post it to the website uh, later this week. I, I've been thinking about that already. Uh, you know, what else are we going to do? We'll definitely put that up on Friday. Yeah, because their start times are, are, are really, really wonky. So the Myrtle Beach Bowl is Old Dominion versus Tulsa at uh, 2.30 kickoff time. In Myrtle Beach, man, that's close enough for me to drive, but I have to blackmail the wife with uh, something, spark- <laughs> something sparkly to go to that game. <laughs> uh, Tuesday, December the 21st, you've got the, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Kent State versus Wyoming. you got the Frisco Bowl, UTSA, and San Diego State. That one will be a good one, I think. Uh, that's a good matchup. You've got the Armed Forces Bowl is Army versus Mizzou. That is a prime time game at 8 p.m. on Wednesday, December 22nd. The 23rd, you've got the Frisco Football Classic, which is Miami of Ohio versus North Texas. And this uh, this is the made-up bowl to ensure that all the bowl-eligible teams actually got a chance to play, which, hey, we'll take it, right? I mean, Yeah, it's absolutely. More, it's more football, and it's another opportunity for, you know, the teams to play one more time. You've got the Gasparilla Bowl, which is basically the, you know, the battle for Florida again. So you've got Florida versus UCF, and that tends to be a more interesting matchup than Florida, Florida State these days, which is unfortunate because I can remember growing up in the, you know, in the 90s, just leaning forward, waiting for the Florida, Florida State game. And now that is very much a thing of the past. And then Friday, December the 21st, you've got the Hawaii Bowl, which is Memphis versus Hawaii, which is, you know, if you're Hawaii, not much of a trip. If you're Memphis, that's pretty bonkers to go, you know, from the cold uh, Memphis, Tennessee mountains out to the Hawaii state. All right. Dan. All right, so, so hold on. So first off, fact check Memphis is flat. Yeah. True. If you, if you, if you had gone to the uh, armor advanced course, you would have been to the Chickamauga battlefield and seen that it's just very slightly rolling hills. Yeah. <laughs> slightly <laughs> rolling hills. Okay. Stand corrected. Thank God. I didn't go to the armor advanced course or, <laughs> but uh, moving on. Hey Dan, what, what uh, game are you most uh, looking forward to? So um, the Boca Raton Bowl, because, of course, my man Bailey Zappi against App State, which is, you know, a very good team. Be a little surprised if Western Kentucky can pull that one off. But what an interesting matchup. I would love for Zappi to get the win and get drafted in like the fourth round. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, Fresno State at UTEP is uh, pretty interesting there with the New Mexico Bowl. Liberty versus Eastern Michigan, because as easily these teams going to show up. If they both show up, that's a wild game. And if neither one shows up, it could also be wild. 
And, uh, you know, 23, Louisiana versus Marshall. I think Louisiana is probably going to win that one, but, you know, what are you going to do? And then a little bit further down on Tuesday, the Frisco Bowl, uh, Texas-San Antonio at San Diego State. Holy smokes. That's a good game. Um, if you've not watched UTSA play this year, they are so good. They really are very good. Um, and then, you know, obviously the state championship of Florida, Florida versus UCF is a must. So, yeah. It's amazing that we have a Florida State championship in Division One college football. Uh, that yeah. should be a thing. Yeah, it really should be. You know, just an internal three-man tournament or three-team tournament, and then you could have a the what is it the uh, the Naval Orange Bowl or something like that. <laughs> Give them a little trophy, whatever. Yeah, it, it works. And for me, of course, you know, I'm looking. I would like to go to the Myrtle Beach Bowl just via location, but I think uh, again, I think. The Boca Raton Bowl is probably one of the, the games to watch. One, because it's a little bit earlier, but you know that's going to be a shootout. Like, if those teams show up, it's going to be bombs away, and there's going to be a lot of touchdowns. There would be some offensive records broken in that game. And then looking at, uh, you know, UTSA again, I think just based off of the way that they played all season in San Diego State, that one's going to be – that, that has the potential to be a very great game. Uh, for me, those are the two that I'm watching. Uh and we're almost at the end of the show. This is pretty quick this week just because there's not a lot of action. We don't have your normal uh, full schedule of games. But uh, my favorite thing this week was being able to go to uh, the Army-Navy game live. Got to meet Dan live, tailgate for a little bit, and then go watch the game. And I always love going to any type of uh, Army activity or Ar Army event because you get to bump into all your classmates that you don't know that we're going to be there. And it's just the random run-ins of all these different people that you've known in a very close environment for, you know, four years. And then you serve with them in, you know, in the military or some other capacity in outside of it. So it's always cool to kind of bump into folks, but uh, definitely looking forward to the bowl games. And then uh, it's college football, man. It's, it's, it's almost the end, but got bowl games and then Christmas, and then it will be 2022. So hold it's on wild. to your hats, folks. Yeah. It's, it's wild. It really is wild. It feels like the season just started, even though I'm exhausted and kind of need a break. But it's it's unbelievable that here we are, bowl season. I do love bowl season, though, the most, just because it's so insane. Yeah. I mean, when do you ever get to see, like, you know, a Conference USA team play an SEC team? Only in, you know, the bowl, the bowl season. And sometimes, you know, based off of opting out or whatever, the games are usually better than they would be in the regular season because you've got players that don't want to play or guys that are looking towards their next career or get invited to the Senior Bowl or something like that. So you've got a lot of different factors that make the postseason games a lot more interesting. And then, of course, you've got the playoff games. You know, I don't think anybody wants to watch. Uh, I don't think anybody wants Georgia to win because nobody mm. wants to watch Georgia Alabama again in a national championship game. I think honestly, if you look at the four teams that are in there, it's Michigan's championship to lose. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but I, that's the honest assessment. But uh, Bama is always tricky. Nick Saban usually has a couple of uh, tricks in the bag for whoever he's playing. And like if, it, if their performance and preparation against Georgia is any indication of how they're going to play in the playoff, it's going to be a tough, tough game between uh Cincinnati's gonna get beat up legitimately yeah. I think De so. decent chance yeah unfortunately decent chance yeah and then and then whoever wins between Georgia and Michigan are gonna have their their hands full with Bama because it's Alabama man they've been what seven seven of eight years 
to the national championship game. They've got uh, they got history and uh, a litany of five star recruits on their side. But with that, hey, we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in all this season, giving us a chance on the Veteran Trash Talk Network. And uh, this is Rob, the Angry Colonel, and we will see you guys next time. Thanks. Beat them. Thanks for listening to the Ask for Football College Football Roundtable. Join the Ask for Football team on our next episode as we bring you more hot takes and college football analysis. We would also like to thank our sponsor, UniformFlag.com, where 100% of the proceeds from all purchases go to the Lead the Way Fund. Show your service and support a great cause. You can also find us at AskForFootball.com and across all social media platforms. I would also like to give a quick shout-out to our Globe Platform presenters of our video podcast, at VeteranTrashTalk.com. 